Hello and welcome to the Bull Mountain Brothers Podcast. Hey folks, Riley here. I just thought I'd pop in real quick. Uh, got some things to talk about on this podcast before we get into it. First off, we talked a lot about season dates on this episode. And the most important thing that I could say to anyone is to remember, no matter what you listen to, no matter what you talk to, even though we were correct, make sure you read your regulations. We were correct on season dates on here, but I just wanted to relay a message that read your regulations. Uh, we get into kind of a heated, I don't know, heated, but a good conversation about elk management Montana on this episode. If you have an opinion, make sure to check out our Instagram, check out our Facebook comment, and let's have a conversation. Uh, other than that, make sure to stay tuned for the latter half of the episode because I shoot my first archery bull and we talk about it. It's pretty awesome. It was a great moment and uh, make sure to stick around for that. Until then, check out this episode. I just wanted to take a moment of your time to talk to you about one of our sponsors, F&H Contracting and Fence, located in Billings, Montana. If you're looking to spruce up your yard or want a little more privacy for them summer backyard barbecues, or maybe you just need part of your fence repaired, contact our friends at F&H Contracting and Fence by texting 406-661-7484. From front yards to farmyards and even chain link to vinyl, they've got you covered. Now back to the action. So Matt, I was on my way to work this morning and couldn't you believe it? Along the side of the road, I think I saw every species of upland bird that Montana has to offer. And it really got me thinking about my old bird dog and my old shotgun. And I think I want to pick the shotgun back up and get back at it. I'm down one thing though. And I think that's a new bird dog. How do I, would you got any suggestions? Well, I got you covered there, Riley. Our great friends, Craig and Carrie over at Mag Magic City Gun Dogs. They have outstanding German short hair pointers. Well, I've never had a German short hair pointer. What makes them so outstanding? Well, they have great bloodlines, outstanding temperament, and their dogs always aim to please. Well, that actually kind of sounds like it's right up my alley. Uh, how would I get a hold of one of these dogs? Well, they actually have a litter coming up this spring. You can reach Craig or Kerry at MagicCityGunDogs.com or at 406-861-5709 to reserve your puppy now. Two Leggings Outfitters out of Hardin, Montana is your one-stop shop for the best hunting and fishing adventures Montana has to offer. If you're looking for fishing adventures, big game hunting, bird hunting, and much more, get a hold of Dave or Patty at Two Leggings Outfitters, 406-665-2825. Book the adventure of a lifetime today. Sean, I had to laugh the other day. Do you remember that time that Matt sunk his pickup in the creek? Oh, I absolutely do. That was just a nightmare. Yeah, that really sucked, and I was the one that ended up cleaning it up. You know, do you know anybody that could take care of that for me next time? You know, believe it or not, uh, the guys down at Yellowstone Detailing here in Billings, Montana, they could take care of that real quick for you. Um, anything from cars to trucks, anything that really goes down the highway, whether you're putting it in the water, putting it in the trees for a good weekend with the family, they could easily clean that up for you and get you right back out where you want to be. And and how would I get a hold of these guys? Uh, you can actually get a hold of the guys down at Yellowstone Detailing at 406-861-9553. Sweet. What is up? And welcome back to another episode of the Bull Mountain Brothers podcast. Sean, Ramsey, Matthew. How Whoa. are we? What's up? Doing great. No. Good to see you boys. It feels like it's been forever. 
10 minutes ago. <laughs> it, feels, it feels like it's been forever. I haven't seen Sean when, since we went hunting together. When was the last time we recorded a podcast? Two weeks ago. Mm. Hmm. Does it sound right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, well, but we were together last week for... Oh, yeah, we had a meeting last week. I forgot about that. Yeah, things have been uh, things have been tough when it comes to the old podcast realm. It's been... I just think someone was too excited to go out hunting, and that's why he forgot to post said podcast. Well, what I've been doing ever since we had the podcast that slipped through... The one that you lost? Yeah, sure. What I do is I share the Google Drive with Sean and Ramsey, and then I listen to it before. Oh, that podcast! I listen to it before I uh, post it. Friday was such a blur. I had so much to do at work, and by the time like I made sure I had everything ready for to go for hunting and everything done at work, I got in the truck. We were like ten miles down the road, and I was like, "Hey, Matt, guess what? Forgot to listen to and post the podcast today." <laughs> So it's went into my, I mean, a double podcast week isn't the worst thing. I just don't think it works really well for like, I feel like our uh, listeners have gotten into the routine of, you know, we come through Friday and uh, they listen to it. It worries me that when I post on Monday and Friday that they're choosing to listen to one or the other. You get what I'm saying? Right. So it's like. It's not my favorite thing, but now we're caught up. We, we will be caught up. Oh, the phones were making it buzz again. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Are you having like a... Am I? I have no, I have no reciprocation in here. I have no... You guys forget how to podcast? I was actually having Ramsey fix headphones. Um, We're just so used to you... Rambling. Taking the show over right off the oh bat that we just shut our mouths. There's no such minutes. thing. There's no such thing as taking over when I am just feeding the only vibes. I don't know. Hey, we have a TV in the studio now. We, we do. do, and you know what's even uh, better? Ramsey found the remote for it. What? I feel like I told you that I. I bet your mom remote. found the remote for it. No, I knew where it was. It was upstairs in my room. Because that's where the TV used to be. Did you guys come back to a nice clean house last night? One hundred percent. Yeah. Will it be that way come Friday night? Yeah. Yeah. We're bachelors, so we want to keep it clean. How's that? That's pretty new for you. What? what? <laughs> it's been a couple of years for you. Are we really talking about this on the podcast right now? We're in everything podcast, man. Uh, all I'm going to say is it's been probably since 2015 that Ramsey and I have been both been single at the same time. It's weird. It is kind of weird. But it's cool at the same time. Now we just have to listen to Tinder noises on phones for a long time. I don't know. <laughs> What's the other one you use? Grubhub or something? Grubhub? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's... Uh, Riley's a big grinder guy. Grinder, that's what it was. That, I, I was close. That's a joke I made to Matt the other day, so you can't use that back against I wasn't me. there. He's trying to use it back against me. Yeah, except he thinks you're ordering <laughs> fucking food. <laughs> well, maybe if she's a hot chicken, she brings you a chicken sandwich. She can have a double whammy. Dude, should we start that business? Like a lingerie Uber? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because those those lingerie style businesses always do so well, right? 
That, I think they just that get bikini flat. barista in, in Billings is like booming right now. Yeah, and all the Karens in town are just like screaming at the rooftops. I mean, it's just bikinis. You can go to the beach or Lake Elmo and see the same thing. But yeah. Shawnee boy, what you been up to, man? We missed you last weekend. We mm. had some beers and, and played some golf this past weekend. I did. Uh, Took a break from hunting. Well, I had a lot of other shit I had to do, and I was just kind of the only <clears throat> highlight, you could say. When this podcast comes out, it's going to be October, right? Or yep. not? Just shy of it. Yeah. October. The first is Sunday, so yeah. it'll be yeah. just shy. I mean, Halloween lands on a Saturday. Oh, I have no idea, but all I know is, Sean, we've gone through a whole month of archery season already. Can you believe it? I know. It's been a month. It's been oh, I'm com- I'm one, two, three, four <clears throat> weeks. October thirty first. Four weeks will be the with this Saturday. It's September. <laughs> and when's it over? <laughs> the sixteenth. So we still have this weekend, next weekend, three weekends. Yeah, basically three weekends. Good left. thing you shut your out because I'm done this weekend. That is a good thing. <laughs> Spoiler alert! <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> uh, we're not gonna get. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. Um. I guess my question to you guys is now that we've gone through the heart of archery, what does October look like? Dude, I'm already thinking about antelope, man. Are you guys going to grind all the way to the end of archery? Oh, yeah. Until we get that opportunity. we. I'm not foreshadowing anything too much because we, I mean, Ramsey and I don't have a whole lot to talk about with archery, but we have yet to truly lay naked eyes on a on an elk this year it's tough dude it is i even went to the other side of the state this past weekend and 70 miles away almost well 30 yeah 70 60 70 miles from your where you've been hunting yeah it's just like i went from one edge of the region i can hunt to the other edge yeah it's just crazy to think about the actual instances that we've been in we know we were in out because we could hear them i had well one that bugled at us when we were with warren was probably 120 150 yards away oh yeah i just and i mean even the one that riley and i were with that riley was bugling at trying to call in for me that guy was probably in 200 yards yeah i don't know you that spot's really uh I wouldn't say it's a letdown. It's just tough. It's tough hunting over there. Yeah, there's no... We've been in elk every time we've been there. We just haven't seen them. I've had more encounters with mule deer than elk. (laughs) Well, what's it looking like then? So you guys are going to grind to the 16th. Are you guys not going to do opening weekend antelope then? Oh, we'll do it Saturday for sure. And just be done. (laughs) I'm pretty... What are you guys going to do a hunt that morning and then go out? Probably antelope in the morning and then sit for the evening. But uh, I don't know. I've I think shot, I would do it opposite. I've shot. Uh, that's that's what I was gonna say. Is I I think I'd do your elk in the morning and then go out your. Antelope. You can shoot antelope all day long. I've shot four or five antelope. I don't. I think it's four, and I don't think any of them have been past opening weekends. I've shot three now. Yeah. Got one with a bow. I did. Yeah, I just. I love hunting antelope, man. I know. We, that's actually on the pilot episode where we talk about 
your favorite thing to hunt is antelope. Um, and then I believe the 29th is our opening of uh, rifle season. It'll be the 22nd. Really? It's two weeks. I thought there was a gap in between archery and. It's usually two weeks. There was a there's. I thought there was a lean week though, where there was. That's what I thought muzzleloader was, but I guess. So it's literally the fifteenth. It ends the sixteenth. You have five days, and then rifle starts. I'm pretty sure. Let me look here. I was just looking at it today because somebody asked me when archery ended, and I thought it was October (laughs) third. For some, I was like, "Oh, month." Well, you know what starts this Saturday? What's that? Waterfowl. Oh, really? Right. Yeah. I believe so. I could be wrong. No, I think it, it usually does open it does. the first. And then uh, pheasant would be open too, huh? When does October pheasant? 15th. <clears throat> what? That's ridiculous. October 22nd is what it's saying on here. Yeah, so I thought it was always exactly two weeks after antelope. It's saying October 27th. Oh, because for a long time we were so used to just hunting rifles, so we didn't you know, base it off of... What is this? What is this? Uh, October 29th season. No idea. Oh, that's 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 per region. I'm looking at there's different things for B and A. Yeah, October 22nd to November 27th mm-hmm. is general season. Yeah, because I know it was like last year. It was the wasn't it the 26th that it started? Um, whatever that third weekend falls on. Yeah, I guess it's probably starting on the same weekend. I'm just so. I don't know. My mind wasn't thinking correctly. How long would you gauge rut to last for archery elk? Um, probably till like, like if you knew the exact day. I think it so. depends on where you're at. Because like, what's weird is like it seems like where you guys are at, they start rutting like the end of August, and then they're done by like now, like next week, and. Where I hunt elk, it seems like they take forever to get into rut, and then they'll rut. I mean, they'll still come. They're still bugling. In they still might throw a bugle out at the beginning of rifle. Am I wrong? Oh, yeah. That for sure. I mean, shoot by the still by the seconds, two or three weeks into it, you can still call most of them bulls in with a cow call. Yeah. So, I think it's just like a, so pheasant opens the second Saturday in October. So that's the same weekend that archery is done. Yep. And it opens up uh, and it ends December 31st. Right. So no, it goes longer this year, actually. Yeah. Can you truly believe that there's a season for cow, elk, from October, August 15th to February 15th? I mean, can you truly just grasp it? Well, the only way that you could do it is if you had a meat locker, I mean, right down the road. I, I even the way you what, guys have it, you guys can get to do you a think there was a super sing- quick, and still it would be too long. Do you think there's a single cow that was killed this year in that season? I guarantee you. I oh, bet yeah. there's a lot of tickets for wanton waste. I saw a bunch of guys on a Facebook page I follow that were shooting cows that first weekend in August. Wow. Well, it's been a crazy year for... I don't know why they're... I, I'm confused. There was a time where you could just all year long go to the store and get an over-the-counter B-tag for whitetail all over the state. Now you have to literally apply for every single one of them, but they have surplus tags for everyone. So what's the point? Well, Is that like a way to control thing, it? That, that tag that me and Sean put in that we didn't even know if Sean was going to get because he was so far down the list, this last weekend, one of my buddies got it over-the-counter. We should tell know, Josh to go get one. I don't know what they're doing with these surplus, like what their surplus idea is on it because I knew guys, like we talked about, Previously, I knew guys that put in for that tag in, in 
before April and didn't even draw it. And then yeah, they surplus seven hundred of them. And then they they surplus more than that. They had to go through all thousand people. I know, but some people didn't respond. That was yeah, but if they're still selling them, that means those people didn't respond because that I read that email that you told me about. There was seven hundred and twenty-six. Twenty-six, yeah. So out of the thousand and sixty-four that requested it, almost four hundred people you, before it closed on surplus. Three hundred of those people had to have not more or more. It, I mean, I I just needed three hundred people to not take it, and it happened. So if it's still giving out, that means just people just didn't respond. Yeah, it's wild. I I, just I don't know why. Other, I just doesn't make any sense because it's like, why would you sign up for a a tag that you're not going to get? That's the part. I what mean. was when well, they, well, what I don't understand that this is the part. Going back on the outfitting side of it is we had two clients for five ninety that didn't get drawn, and then how the hell is there surplus tags? I know, like, I knew are they out of state? The yeah. only thing so that they can't I can't buy it over the counter. The only thing I can think of is they did another census on population the end of July, and they were way under. Have you been seeing how much they've been talking about in the state with elk management? It is all over the like. I, there's article after article I could send you that I, that it is the amount of time and effort they're putting into this elk management stuff is I don't know if they're they're it's like they're going right and then they're coming back left and they're just it just doesn't make any sense. No. It's not consistent. No. And as a person that's out in the field, I mean, I've I've hunted and we've hunted and scouted for what 15 days maybe or less. Less. 11 maybe. Yeah. That's a long time out in the field in in a in a month span, month five week span, really. I mean, you, we could be out there more, but I'm telling you right now, there's a lot of elk out there and I'm not just talking where I'm at. I'm talking, I'm seeing them where Ramsey's at. I'm seeing them. I, I don't understand what their management plan is. How do you go from saying that we need to petition to get people to choose between archery and rifle? Which in that case, that's showing that they assume that there's an issue with people killing too many elk, right? And then now they flip the script and go to, no, we're going to give out more. We're going to surplus this bull tag in, I mean, who we only really have paid attention to the regions that we like to hunt in. This could have been hap This could be happening all over this, all over the state. Yeah. They could have surplus tags. I, I don't understand. I, I, with the new elk, the, or the cow regulations too, it's, it's, it doesn't make any sense. They're just going back on their. But that's the thing is like, I, I don't understand why we're shoving cows down people's throats when if I could go through, I mean, we're hunting a probably a 150 square mile radius, wouldn't you say, between the two or yeah. more? In that region, I'm seeing more bulls than cows every single time I go out. Yeah. I don't know why they're shoving cows down people's throats. I can see, now I know there's some central state regions like over by White Sulphur and stuff that come wintertime, they pack <coughs> in like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of cows. That's a smart decision to me. That makes a lot of sense. What I don't get is why they're just not offering another 500, 250 to 500 more bull tags for rifle every year. That's all they need to do. Well, but the problem is, is they're doing all these damn cow tags. And like for our instance, it's 590. The landowner, our landowner that we hunt on, Riley, his daughter's married to a guy from Sarpy, and they've been complaining for since she got married to him. I mean, they they have anywhere between three to a thousand head on their property, 
during feeding season that they're feeding, trying to feed cattle and they're eating the hay. Right. But yet they won't put cow tags over in the region where they should have them. Yeah. I don't, I, like I said, it's, it's all confusing to me. It's like where they're making new rules for places that don't need the rules and the places that need the rules, they won't change anything. I read. Like, why did they, why did they change the one district that we hunt to general season elk? It makes zero sense. Either sex. Yeah, general season, either sex. It makes zero sense. It's probably the least amount of elk region in the state other than, you know, the Badlands, you know, over on far east Montana. They should have made the side that me and Sean hunt either sex. I just think that they had so much blowback from the community thinking, and I'm sorry, but all the state land that would have been in that region that you guys hunt would have been blown out completely there would be zero elk on it and there would have been a lot of private land people that that benefited from it i read an article like before hunting season like archery even started and it was talking about the reason that that august 15th start date of that cow tag was released well not the reason it was a it was an ongoing factor was they couldn't get the correct data they wanted from how how many cows were actually giving birth because there was a higher rate in the last few years of shoulder season hunters killing cows that were pregnant, so they couldn't get accurate numbers. Which, I guess I didn't really notice that. That one I killed the first year was pregnant. Right. But... Uh, and the one I shot out yep. on the ranch was pregnant. Like Both the cows I've shot were pregnant. It just seems odd to me that they're, they're trying to give us more opportunity to shoot non-pregnant cows, but yet there's still a cow-elk issue. Yeah, I, regions. I, it just doesn't make, and I totally understand too that like come the snowy season, you're going to have more cows. Benelli? So this, this, this dang <laughs> studio mascot is just shredding paper right now. That's all right. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know how we even got on the subject, but it just, I, I look at things and, I'm it, not a biologist, so I don't know. Well, the, the only thing I can say is a, a client of mine and a good friend of ours that me and Riley actually hunt with, he actually went into fish and wildlife and parks when they were asking for for people to come in and be on the board. Not only is he his own landowner, he hunts all over the, the world, um, and he also hires outfitters. So he would have been the perfect one to have on that, and they told him he was overqualified. There you go. That's all the answers we need right there. Yeah. I I mean, somebody who could have went in there and said, this is, I've been to this state, and this works, and this don't work. I'm a landowner. I also use outfitters sometimes. This is what I think we should do to better our situation. They told him he was overqualified. So. Well, I'd like to sit down and see, you know, Let's take you. Let's say you take the cent, the center of the state, go all the way east. How the state does elk checks, you know. I understand the mountains. I mean, it's easy to get in a, hel- in a plane, helicopter, whatever, go take census up there. But if most of these fishing game guys can't even get on private land, how are they taking census of? I just don't. I don't. The, the, unless I'm mistaken. Well, the way they use harvest reports. Yeah, that's the only thing they're doing is a harvest report. See, this is that one that I was, this, that article that I was reading. It's, you can keep going. I'm just gonna. No, I, I don't know. I just, 
It seems like the the regions that have elk are getting. Well, let's say, look, here's a good analogy: the rich get richer. I mean, the the regions that there's already tons of elk in are getting more elk and more elk. They're not killing any more elk because you're not giving any more tags. It doesn't make any sense. And and then you look at the mountains. There are so many people moving into the Missouri breaks and the mid the mid you know central the central Montana mountains that. Uh, I mean, the, the honey belt's a general tag. Mm-hmm. Yeah, either sex. Mm-hmm. Most uh, most forest service in Montana is either sex. So the, I can tell you from. Hold on, John. Just I got one more thought. I can tell you just from hunting up there for years. That that's got to be one of the most hunted places. Well, in the, the only state reason of Montana. I was asking is my buddy that we were talking about the other day that went up there, and you had that question you asked me, Riley. So I asked him about the tags, and he said it was general. So I just wanted to make sure. Oh, um, yeah. So he could have hunted with us anyway. So I used to. Uh, we were big time opening weekend. You know, we were up at three in the morning. The one morning I was up there with my buddies, we heard a hundred and six gunshots, and parked at the last a- access to where you have to walk in. There was twenty three pickups. So it's kind of like being on the top 13 on the Bighorn River. Yeah. Yeah. It's very equivalent to that. I mean, it's, I just don't, it just seems like we went high up because it it was, it almost felt unsafe because not everyone holds the same, you know, values and ethics ethics, that you have. And so we always went up high and it, it worked really good because everyone down low, you know, they'd catch the elk down in the, in the fields down below and all the elk would just go straight up the hill. We shot lots of elk. I never shot one up there, but the last time I hunted up at a gardener, I was with Matt Matt Bernathy, a real good family friend, and gosh, that's been probably twenty some years ago. And we get up at a gardener there, and it was the same thing. I mean, oh, we yeah. had the firing line, and then we Dad's like, "Oh, I'm not gonna," and Matt's like, "No, trust me, we're gonna walk in a half a mile and get off the trail." And I mean, we had outfitter after outfitter. We got off that trail and got in there eight hundred yards, and we had elk everywhere. I mean, the guys were just riding horses past them, trying oh, yeah. to get up high, the glass back down. And hell, we shut her out within three hours of hiking in. Yep. The craziest thing to me that that was, I couldn't remember what it was, but this is this little paragraph that they said in it is they basically said that the uh, issues that were arising was they needed to improve and or elk environment on public lands and their response to that was is paying landowners more money that give hunters the opportunity to hunt public land like in a like a block management area yeah but how I don't does disagree that, that how do, i mean in all reality though how does that fix a management issue because so, i think so, the whole so the deal biggest is management i i can tell you exactly where all this came up from was the initiative i-90 or i-99 or whatever when they got rid of guaranteed outfitter tags we had 3.7 million acres of block management in the state of Montana before the public voted out guaranteed outfitter tags. The outfitters are the ones that pay the landowners. They were getting $16 per person per day for block management. When we got rid of guaranteed outfitter tags, we have less than a million acres in the so state of Montana. So how much money right how much money block management are they getting per person now cuz obviously they're getting paid more, right? 
They have to be. With a max for every 10,000 acres is a max of 3,000 bucks. Per so, person? No. No, per, that's it. It's just per the landowner. Oh. So instead of having, like, like we had a ranch outside of Harden that got a hold of Dad, and they said, hey, would you release our ranch? And it was like 11,000 acres. But at that time, they were getting $16 per person per day. And Dad said, well, I'd be interested. And he said, well, I made made just a little over 21000 last year on block management. Dad said, well, uh, divide that by $16 per person per day. Like Dad said, he goes, I'd have to lease your property for the next six years and just walk away. You yeah. ain't got nothing on your property. Divide that by $16. That's how many people has been across your property, which it was an easy property. You just check in and you could drive the roads and then go back out to the county road. So a lot of people would just go in there in the morning and come back out. It's 1,300 people. Yep. In a year. In but a year. I'm not surprised at all. That I would not, all the stuff that's over by where we live, I guarantee you they're frequenting 1,000 to 2,000 people every that year. That was what I was going to ask you. You think on this side of the state that, or even just central, south central, even just central Montana, do you think that many people use block management? Yeah. Well, let's talk about, you know, we're a company established in Billings, Montana. Let's, let's talk about Billings, Montana. For you to go to an either sex elk region where you don't have to draw a tag, you have to go a minimum of two hours from here. That's not true. Not anymore. This is not... It, not okay, now. okay, okay. But that's really... Step, no, no, it does. That's really towing the line. It's like cut Montana in half at, what do they call, Lewistown, the center of the state? Cut that in half. Everything to the left side, you obviously... If you live on the left side, you're not that far away from either sex. But when you're yeah, on the I right mean, side, you're... Really, the right. only the only draw tags you have to do on the side of the state are like the Elkhorns, which are crazy. Uh some of some of them, I mean, a lot of them, you know, where you shot your deer that one year, that was all either sex, and that was all bear. That's tooth, why we were that up was there. all, yeah, that's why we were up there. I mean, uh, all the stuff up by Kalispell and stuff. I'm pretty sure that's either sex. Well, I think the biggest part of that though is the west side has more mountains. Is why there's well, well, but the side. difference is the west side has more more government land, more forest service. Yeah, with the mountains. where everything on the eastern side is all private. I mean, if you if you Google it and go through it, it's seventy two percent private land. From Lewis well, down we have, to the border, we have a big reservation on this side of the state. And that that, like that that yeah, you got the Crow Reservation. That's what two point nine million acres. Right. What's the one up by Fort Peck? There's there's a reservation it's up yeah, by a quarter of the Brownie Rocky Boy. No, it's not, no, no, it's, it's not, um, God damn it, Fort Belknap. Yep. Okay, so you have, but but I think we're you're exactly running down the the line that I want to go here. All that forest service that you have that's accessible to hunt. I mean, some of those, think about Helena, Great Falls, Missoula. Um, all these places are within 30 minutes, 45 minutes to the mountains. Yeah. Butte, all of them. Oh, yeah. But, so you, but in order for us to really go and hunt some public land or forest service that we know are going to be successful on either sex, you really got to go to the Bozeman. I mean, you're two hours. And that's even getting bad. I mean, uh, poor friend of ours man they've been hunting a spot for six seven years man and they walked in there the other day it was a public access land and there's a no trespassing sign on it our our biggest downfall on our side of the state is when they introduced them goddamn wolves i mean our elk population went to shit when was that that was in what 90s don't quote me but i want to say 95 or 96 94 to 96 i believe holy cow so i was just looking up some numbers here on average montana releases this is in state people 200 over 200,000 hunters a year and we have just over a million people for population 1996 yeah so 
I guess. And, and 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 Google that real real quick, Sean. Google Yellowstone Park calf crop from 1994 to now. I mean, we were we were 115, 120 percent calf calf crop before the wolves went in. We have less than 10 percent, and I'm exaggerating at 10. Uh-huh. Well, and and then like I said, so so we have established the fact that that western quadrant has all this public land accessibility has all the closeness relatively you know if you're if you're a guy and let's just like i said we'll just use billings montana for you to be if you're a weekend warrior you work five six days a week and all you can do is maybe get out to archery hunt that one day or two days or whatever it's almost near impossible for you to travel that two hours to that public land. So what a lot of guys do, and which I I think that these properties get absolutely hammered is these block management and state land sections are the only thing you can do around here. And that brings out the the bad hunters, the poachers, all that stuff is brought out. And that's why you see sections closing down. You see block management's going from block management to private, as well as the change from the $16 a hunter to the Well, well, well but the biggest thing is if I owned 20,000 acres, be goddamned if I'm going to get six grand when Sean can lease my ranch for a dollar an acre and have seven people in their M1 outfitter. Does this does this figure surprise you guys in any way? If, if you had to guess how much huntable acreage public land is there in Montana? I'd say it's like 35% of the state. Probably... Two million acres. What do you think? One point three. I don't know. Is, is that five? Not? No, it's you guys are. Comp- I mean, one dollar, Bob. Double digit. It's thirty-three million acres of public land that is huntable in Montana. Yeah, which but that's, that's seventy-five. Oh, I thought we were on block management. No, oh, just oh, public. Okay. But in the I was in the say, same, there's no way we got thirty-three million acres. You got Forest Service, no, state no. land. Oh, okay. I thought we were still on the floor. Yeah, it's seventy yeah, percent forest yeah. service too. I mean right. you Which, got forest. How many there. acres are there in Montana? Are they, well, right, biggest Montana? A, I mean you have to look that up. Google. Google. <laughs> we'll just send uh, we're just gonna yeah. make one of you guys like what's that guy off of Joe Rogan? Jamie. Jamie, look it up. Uh ninety four million. So you're thirty three percent. Holy that. shit. You're all that that's I was close. actually substantial that's why so many people hunt in montana okay but my thing is is how do you judge that because how many i mean with your experience hunting on like like even where we used to go how much of that public land is actually like there's small shit sections in there that are like uh, wildlife management area or something and like or landlocked yeah oh yeah i mean i think there's a thing that meat eater put out a couple years ago where there's like like 700 to a thousand to like a million acres of landlocked unaccessible public land or more i could be i could be wrong i know there's a ton has corner hopping ever been legal no and i guarantee it never will be because you'll never get a landowner to be okay with it ever yeah which i've always stood i thought the coolest idea man when i was going through hunter safety it might have been bow hunter safety here it says more than six million acres of that thirty-three million acres is inaccessible. Yeah, I knew it was. Yeah, see, so you're only able to hunt twenty-five million acres, which is less than. I mean, that's a twenty-five percent. So, so for instance, we're in Billings, Montana. Hardin, Montana is what forty-five miles from here, fifty. Right. From there, all the way over the mountain to Lovell, 
and all the way to the Bighorn, over the Bighorns, and all the way to Wyoming is Crow Reservation. Well, we got 2.3, 2.3 million acres there that's unaccessible for it, to us. And, I mean, they shoot monster bulls off there, but they can't ever boon a crocodile. I mean, there's real records been taken off that mountain. Right. But since they can hunt year-round without tags, they can't be in the books. Holy shit. Well, we think we're bad at what, – what did we come out to be? Was that like – 27 it was, million. It was under 40%, right? Yeah. Oh, it was far. It was like so Wyoming is almost 50%. Is huntable public land. Yeah. yeah. See, you know what's crazy is I grew up thinking that Montana was like the best hunting state in the world, and I think Idaho and Wyoming have quite the uh, quite the push for like honestly more public land, more hunting opportunity, and it's crazy. It, you know, it's it's it is honestly kind of funny when you look like like on the subject of mediator. It seems like if you ever watch him like when he comes to Montana or when he films in Montana, it seems like his acreage that he's hunting, unless he's in a mountain range, but like he's come to the South set or South side of the state before like South central. And it's like his acreage is so small that he's actually hunting, but then he can go to some bum fuck nowhere, Wyoming. And he's got 780,000 acres that he could hike around if he wanted to. And it's, it just seems well, I think that like when I look at Montana, sometimes just based off of like, I mean, if you look at the hush guys too, those guys literally just hunt like mostly Utah, New Mexico, Colorado, Oregon, Idaho. Like a lot of these people don't hunt Montana. And I think it's because we have our accessibility. Really? If you're not, I mean, if you're, if you're not a state or think about it too, tags are harder to get. And you know, for a lot of Montanans, that's kind of a proud thing and they don't want to, you know, oh, get get out. But I mean, when you got out of staters paying four or five times what we're paying, I mean, that's really helping out us not having to pay that a and helping with, you know. But it's funny when you look at like even like the meteor stuff when they do come film here. The episodes I've watched of Steve running around in Montana, he always ends up seeing another hunter. That never happens in Wyoming and Idaho. If you've ever like, if you ever pay attention to that, I've always noticed that because I feel like the accessible public land that we have in Montana. When we have over 200,000, I mean, that's 20% of our population hunts. You're going to run into people on public land. Well, and that's that's gets tags. I mean, realistically, that number is probably smaller for actual hunters, I would say. Well, that's probably, that's it wasn't just big game. So, I mean, that's obviously waterfowl and, I mean, everything. I mean, so, so get this, Idaho, 63% public land. Yeah, if you look at if you look at a map, I I knew a kid from Idaho that had Onyx, and he obviously his home state was Idaho. That northern tip of Idaho between that border or splits Washington and us, that is, I guarantee you, over ninety five percent public mountains. It's crazy. Just that tip. I mean, hey, yeah. Turn your sound off. My bad. See. You said how so, much? Percent? So block 60? management, sixty-three percent. Holy shit! In our area, I am right. One point three million acres of block management in our area, yeah. in our three, three little districts. There's a total of seven point one million acres of block management. With the biggest ranch earning fifteen thousand dollars for block management, comes out to point one nine cents an acre. Yeah. That's the crazy. average outfitters lease a land between a dollar. 50 to 250 an acre. Right. Yeah, I, this is going to be a good one. Best 
list of best hunting states in the U.S. I bet, I bet Montana would be. I low. bet Wyoming's because you know one. what Montana is. Colorado. You know what really what Colorado Montana is? Colorado, New Mexico, Ooh. Utah. Oh, you guys are thinking. You guys, Idaho. Are, you guys are missing a huge one. Come on, Alaska. That's number one. That no, makes sense. Course. Colorado's two. Montana's actually three. That is super surprising. But to like, me. what is the what is the for that thing? What is the background for? It? Is it you know? I mean, if you look at Montana, we have literally every animal. Literally every animal. Holy shit. Wyoming and Idaho didn't even make top 10. Really? The number four, if you had to, I mean, Kansas? seriously. No, that's six. If you had to guess, what Wisconsin? do you think number four is? Wisconsin? California. Michigan? No. Arizona. Okay, yeah. And then, they okay, so. Up, dude. New four, Mexico, Arizona have like tons of elk, tons yeah. of mule deer. Four is Arizona. Five, five is Wisconsin. Six is Kansas. Seven is New Mexico. Eight is Texas. Nine is South Dakota. Ten's Louisiana. That is that is honestly shocking that Montana ranks so high. I get that there's a vast. I guess maybe it's not that shocking. I mean, realistically, you know, it'd be nice that would that would be nice to like talk to maybe like I can even just ask Christian that but I, I guess I don't know how much he's hunted in Montana but like if you think about it I want to ask somebody who's hunted in all three states and ask them what their their better hunting is that would honestly be very educational to me uh, we have a very a puppy a pu- we have a puppy <laughs> It's all right. We can go to break. No, I we're good. I I just um. My leash is broken. We're good. So I guess where I was going with this subject was what I see from my eyes as someone that hunts public land, hunts private land, uh, is a licensed guide in Montana. So I've seen I I literally sit in every realm. I feel like of what Montana has to offer. My honest opinion is what we're doing on this side of the state, I guess, and it could be all over, is it just seems like more and more rules are pushing more and more people into these, you know, small, tiny state land sections, block management, and they're taking they're taking advantages from them. And I don't know. I just I feel like it's mismanaged. And I mean... The only thing we could do is get together as a public and go to these forums and hopefully our voice is big enough to say something. It just I just I don't see what's being portrayed as a beneficial I don't think we're getting benefited as as a community. I don't think that as a hunter that what is getting put into the books is good for us. It kind of seems what it kind of seems like to me is like every day we wake up and and I don't, we don't talk politics on here, but, but what I will talk about is it seems like every day you wake up and something's changing and you're like, oh man, that's so annoying. Like, like, oh, I wake up and, uh, my eggs are a dollar more than they were a month ago. Like, it's just annoying. And it's like the same thing with, with these regulations in Montana, you open it up every year and the rules are going again, further and further, further against us as hunters is what I feel like. Do you ever, do you guys think like the last few years, it's almost been like a trial run for them because they've changed things so drastically? Well, I think, I think. All honesty, I have both aspects of this. 
being an outfitter on top of it. But uh, is I I mean, even my out of state guys say, I mean, you damn near have to have a lawyer with you all the time just to figure out what the hell you can and cannot do. Because it's, I almost feel like you're guilty until proven guilt, innocent. As long as you're out hunting somewhere, you're guilty of something in the book. I, I mean, it's just. I, I'm surprised that FWP didn't want your social security number too after you shot that bear. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's well, a, well, well, I mean, but, who would but, want to shoot a bear in Montana? I mean, after you've shot one and you have to go through well, literally. Well, but the problem was, is I shot it and we spent two days trying to get it recorded to get it in into the quota. And I finally had to bring it to Billings. And they're like, yeah, we're having a problem because our, our answering system is back east. They're, I mean, they're out of, I think, what the hell was it, Pennsylvania or yeah, something? something wild. And they didn't even speak English. I, I mean, but I fought, we fought two days. And then finally he's like, well, I need to have the section. So then I got the section. Called back and he goes, well. Township. The, and, yeah. the, but, but I had everything. I mean, we had everything oh, yeah. we needed. And they said, well, we can't put it in the, our computer. We can't get that to accept it in the computer. So I'm like, well, I'm going to go to the Billings and they're going to try confiscating this goddamn thing because I'm over 48 hours. And they're like, no, we just, you know. But you'd think there would be somebody in state that. Yeah, or you phone. should be able to at least leave I mean, your you name. have literally all the information in the cabin. But, but what I don't understand is we can have tags now that it's just a paper tag. I mean, you, I mean, you can print 100 of them off if you want. You know, same with your carcass tag is just a piece of paper. Well, you but, know, there's some unethical people out there. Oh, oh absolutely, absolutely. But I guess what I'm saying is, if you can buy your license online, why can't I tag my shit online and type in my own township range, yeah, where I shot it at, and drainage, and done. It's done. You no, know? That's a good point. That, I that think new they, app that they came out with, why yeah. couldn't you do something like I that? I think the reason, like, those e-tags and things like that, I think that's just, like, trial run with this app that came out. I, I don't know if they're full. Like, I feel like they – I would hope that they have some big ideas that they're going to do with this and make things easy. Like, in the case of – with an e-tag, why not put a carcass tag on an e-tag? Somebody goes in – you still get you still use your paper tag. Obviously, you need to put that on the, the carcass when you kill it. But why can't you go on somewhere and click – like on our carcass tag and that records into the system yeah or in like you could take a picture of your harvest yeah you can log it in there and you can take a picture of the date and everything like that and log yeah. it in there and, and you're just as because they have gps on all every picture you take well and the, yeah. the thing is everybody i've talked to says oh well you know if they made carcass tags on e-tags and people would just you know do illegal shit with it and i'm like you still are gonna have to put that electrical tape around the antler or around the the carcass somewhere, like a like a two factor. Uh, auth what am I trying? Authentication. To yeah, just like you're doing with your iPhone. And at the end of the day, why would somebody in their right mind that wanted to do something illegal go onto their e tag and punch it? Yeah, without killing an animal. Eighty percent of people doing illegal shit in Montana aren't, aren't going to tag it. Aren't well, even well, using well, a paper tag. Well, it boils down to when we shot that that beef bull two weeks ago. And we had to take the goddamn hide in to prove the brands. Anyone who's going to kill somebody's cow out in the fields, they're not going to pay. Throne, they're not going to pay if they're that broke that they're 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 killing somebody's cattle. They're going to butcher it themselves. They sure as hell aren't going to take it into the town oh, and get right. caught. No. no, I mean, I'll, I I really feel like the only thing this stuff does is keeps the honest man honest. Well, and they try too much to keep to try and like help themselves in the case of poaching 
they try too hard to make it easier on the guys that are actually doing things legal. Oh, absolutely. And I, I want to say, speaking out loud right now, we're not trying to create a war on FWP right now. That's no. not our that's not our intentions. This conversation is something that comes out of the fact that we think that we have should have a bigger voice as Montanans and as hunters in America, that our voices should be louder than what some of the state officials deem um, correct, because we're out there in the field all the time. Mm-hmm. Three, I mean, we're out in the field 40% of the week, every week. It makes so, it tough, so, though, because the people, the reason that they're making these regulations and making things so hard to read between the lines is because they're basing it off of poachers, which that just doesn't work in this application. You can't just base everything off of people doing the illegal stuff. It just, you can't do that. Well, it's the same thing with the ranch. I mean, every day on the radio, if you guys ever listen to KGHL, every morning on the deal, it's, it's saying if, if there's any landowners out there that want to do block management, you get so many guaranteed tags by putting your ranch into block management. But yet the ranch we're on, it's took the landowner 31 years to draw a goddamn bull tag. Yeah. So, I, so, I mean, it's... So it's pretty much if if you want to lose money and go into a block management, you will guarantee you a tag finally. Where I I, I just I don't understand it. I guess I mean it's a. So you're saying that on block management you actually get like a. Well, there's incentives now, yeah, because just for block, not just just for block management. In ten years, they've the state has lost a million acres of block management. Whether it's due to mismanagement, it's due to now, and there are going to be an. I mean, if you're a landowner that has, let's just say, a twenty five thousand acres, and you've got a thousand people going through it every year, it it probably gets a little stressful. Mm-hmm. Really, I mean, out of those thousand people, you're not going to have a thousand ethical. Well, clean, well, well, how many people are going to shut them three gates? We shut every day. Exactly, that's a good, great point. Or throw your beer cans on the ground, or eat your Snickers bar and throw it on the ground, or. Or gut your deer. Or start fires in archery yeah. season. And I mean, yeah. seriously. No, that's a great. I mean, there's a lot of landowners that are just they're fed up. They're, I mean, it's not worth the gamble. I mean, they'd rather work harder as a farmer to pay the taxes than well, the biggest take free thing money is, from is hunters. If there's trash out there, Harry's going to yell at you, me, and Dave. Right. <laughs> there, there's three people that's going to get an ass chewing. And if we don't fix it, he'll put somebody else on there. Yeah. You know, but but I'll flat say, it. I mean, my dad's had that ranch for 30, 33 years. I can tell you, you can count on one hand how many outfitters have at least the same ranch for that long period. And it's because he's doing something right. Yeah. And I mean, that's another thing to talk about, too. Outfitting is going to be a dying breed. What you're seeing is in Montana, which is a terrible thing and and it's going to be in the next 10 years where you're going to see more and more that, that Montana is going to turn into to, to Alabama, Georgia, all these places that South Dakota, all these places that have, what do they call them? Uh, I just had it in my head. Just give me a second. I'll come back to it. Uh, where they got like 10 guys, uh, they buy a, like a, a lease, but it's, well, well, well they're, what they're doing is it's pretty much like a timeshare. So us four go on and we say, okay, 
you're Sean, you pay five thousand a year by the time you go deer hunting. Rams, you're paying seven, you're paying ten, Riley, I'm paying ten. So let's release our ranch between the four of us. We'll pay this guy twenty thousand. It's just us four on that property and that's it. Yeah. Cause I you because know it's it's honestly it's a rich man's sport. I, I I I hate to say it, but it's the same with us. I mean, when we go hunting, by the time you shoot your elk, I mean, we've been out to the ranch, what, four times? Hunted our asses off. Food, gas, the ranger, the ranger payment, the insurance. I mean, we could have three beef in the freezer every year and stay home. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and God, I wish I could think of what they call these things. Uh, I, it'll come to me in a second, but I get to meet a lot of, you know, of course, Matt can contest 30 years of it. <clears throat> but you get to meet all these guys from down south, down east, back east, whatever, that hunt these whitetail places. Well, think about these big states, um, mostly cities everywhere. So what isn't private land, not a lot of public land. So what they do is they buy these, uh, oh my God, it's going to kill me. Let's just say there's, there's some of them that are like 15, 20 dudes on like 5,000 acres that like, well, they get a weekend for two grand or this guy gets a weekend for two grand. Well, when you got 15, 20 guys paying two, three grand, um, think about Montana when you have these elk, elk ranches and stuff. Uh, you get 15 rich guys at 15 grand a piece, 20 grand a piece. There's not an outfitter in the state that could, that could, that could logically, unless they just love the land they're on and just outpay want, them. want to make no money. Outfitting is going to be a thing of the past once all these guys figure out that they can just go get 15 of their buddies and go buy these. I mean, if you're a landowner, why wouldn't you do that? Well, the guy that used to border us, he, he leased the three ranches next to us and you paid 5,000 a year and you got one week during archery and one week during rifle. But if you don't draw your tag, you were out your five grand. It wasn't only if you draw. So, and he had 83 people in that deal. And they drew 21 elk tags, but he was able to go and lease the land. And I mean, he, he paid a pretty penny for it. And the guy's from Billings and he leased, didn't get enough tags. And that's why Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation's out there now. Yeah. Well, and it's like, that's all you're going to have. You're all you're going to have in Montana. And, and, and it's a club is all it is, is it's a hunting club. Yeah. That's you, a, that's essentially what these things are. Yeah, yeah, that's what yeah, I'm trying Well, to that's exactly what it was, is it was a hunting club. You put your five grand in. Granted, if you didn't draw your tags, you still could go turkey hunting or waterfowl or upland or whatever. You just couldn't hunt what you didn't have a tag for. But you couldn't take friends or family. It was just you. He had tents set up and you were you hunted on your own and you had your own food. It was kind of a gray area because it's not really a legal outfitting, but it's kind of outfitting, but it's not because it was a hunting club. Right. It's like it's like um, self-guided. And I know, I know Ramsey knows personally people that did the same thing, right? Similar situation. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, that's why I foresee with the way that our elks were being managed in Montana right now, what we're going to have is all these people pushing these small public land sections where there's 500 people hunting a small section of land and they're going to have all these rich guys, you know, because a lot of people are like, oh, outfitters is rich. Well, no, that's, that's really not what it is. What you have is like 50% outfitters in Montana are hardworking. They're not super rich, whatever. They're just guys with skills that can take people hunting and have gotten leases to do it. And uh, when once you get rid of outfitters, all you're going to really, I mean, the state should be, I mean, the, the public should be really mad 
when it's just 15 dudes that are paying money well, that, well, that well, other think, people can't pay. I think pay. your buddy was one of the guys on that ranch we drive through to get into our ranch right off the highway there that sold. Big timber. Okay. But there was 10 of them guys that went and leased that ranch next to us until it sold. Then, of course, they lost it. And then they went over to, to our place. And yeah. Well, offered twice twice what they were doing on the other one. And, yeah. And that's all you're going to see. That's I mean, you're going to have five. You're going to have 10,000 acre mom and pop ranches that if, you know, they're paying 15,000 a year in taxes and a guy comes in and says, well, we're going to pay you 30. Yeah, we'll pay 30. Why wouldn't they do it? To have 10 guys and that's it. 10 guys I, I, they get to yell at. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the solution we is. We just need I would more just people say, like the owners of Narnia to tell those guys <laughs> that try and come in and offer them that money to go get fucked. Yeah, well, and I, I would say the biggest thing is people that are listening to this, people that are, and like, I'm not saying, I don't, we are not sitting here with pitchforks and, and whatever at the front gate. We're about to storm <laughs> the castle of FW. We just, we come in here and we have conversation about what's passionate to us and what, um, you know, what we spend our lives working towards. And when we feel like our voices aren't getting heard as a community, this is what we talk about. We're just really bullshitting at the end of the day. I mean, well, 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 we are bullshitting, but I mean, there's a lot of people out there that has the same feelings as we do. And I mean, if there happens to be a fish, wildlife and parks guy that listens to our podcast, I'd love nothing more than you to come on the show and explain to us exactly what we're, what, what, what we're, we're wrong, wrong about. about yeah. yeah. We could be completely naive, but I, I mean, don't think we as are. As soon as somebody explains it to me, I, I mean, and if I'm wrong, I'll be the first one to eat krill and be like, well, God damn it. This makes sense now that somebody explained it to me. Well, and, and that would lead to a point, I would think, is if we were in a wrong spot and naive, why isn't there literature on websites for the state and everything that explain why we're doing what we're doing? Unless I just am not reading they're, enough. They're but pretty I feel bad because I have read quite a bit of articles. And the thing is, is like we're not the only people that think like this because they get a lot of public feedback about decisions that they make or announce that they're thinking of making. But at the end of the day, they're so vague on explaining what it really does. Yeah. That's the problem. And they need to be able to actually tell us. I mean, that's the politician way of thing is you just be real vague on uh, on explaining what you're actually trying to do. And that's, I mean, that's just the state. I mean, that's just what happens. Right. And it just seems like, um, I don't know. I just, I, Matt makes a great point. I If we could get someone on here that would sit down with us and tell us this is why we do it, this is what we do, and we're not coming to attack you every time you're out hunting, that would be great to hear from someone. But it doesn't seem, it seems like the hunter is always against himself when they're out in the woods. And whether it's February when you're applying for licenses, you know, planning for the next season, it seems like every turn you turn around, every corner you turn around, things get tougher and tougher every year. And uh, I honestly don't know how we got on this tangent, but it's a great tangent to get on, especially when we're halfway through the season. And I think it's really, it's an interesting thing to see where you guys are not seeing elk hardly at all, or if any at all. They're all over on the cameras. I've now seen, I've seen like, well, not to blow this up, but I, I think I'm the only one who's seen an elk on Narnia. And that was at, freaking maximum mag magnification on my binoculars right and real realistically on a property speaking, we couldn't even hunt yeah i don't know if this is the best year of elk we've seen either i mean it's not bad 
you know, uh, I don't know how to explain it. No, it wasn't three years ago, two years ago, but it's not last year. <laughs> last year was the worst year I've ever seen, but no, I, I, I think we still have our elk, but I mean, you know, the week we cut the corn, I was, I was out of commission. You kind of gave up your weekend and came and rode around with me and goofed off. Um, but we're on such a goddamn time crunch, Riley, that for you and I, we can just go to our honey holes, but we haven't really been all over that property. I mean, we haven't seen, we haven't been on a 10th of, I mean, 10% of that, that property is all we've really been on, to be honest with you. Yeah, that's fair. That is fair. But I mean, like I just, I'm, I'm having a hard time coming up with any answer for what you guys are dealing with. I mean, we've been in, I've been in there with you, Sean. I've been, it's, I don't, I don't know if it's, I, I've always thought that property to be, and especially that region, that district in general, where you just have to be the right time at the right place. It doesn't seem like, it seems like they're moving so much that they're not always in one place. And I've, like I said, I, I've heard this thing where people say that when, when the rut comes, they the cows stay by the river where it's cool, and that's where a lot of the elk head. So I don't know. I don't know if that's what you're dealing with, or who knows? You guys might go out this weekend and just absolutely see more elk than you've seen in your entire life. You you never know. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. It's tough. Where do we go from here, boys? Again, we were not staging war. Bull Mountain Brothers does not stage war in FWP. We just think that. As a community, all of us, listeners, us sitting in this room, we need to we need to start voicing our opinion more and showing what we're actually seeing in the woods and what we're feeling and the frustration you get when, you know, I have buddies that I ha- I have really hardcore, very good hunting friends that have not even gotten into elk this year because they've lost properties. Yeah, their names are Ramsey and Sean. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's just it's just tough. And, and Warren. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going to change. I don't know how you can change it. And I don't know. I don't know. There's smarter people out there than me that can come up with a decision. But I, I also think there's smarter people that can come up with better solutions than what we, we have. We just have too many questions and no answers is the main reason. Yeah. I, I think on a on a lighter side of things, to kind of wrap this episode up, Riley, you had a phenomenal weekend, did you not? I would say I, I don't even. I don't, I'm still in shock, really. Because I don't know how to talk about it because it's been like a crazy three weeks for me, honestly. Like it's been the most interesting year. I mean, it started out and I don't know if it's like once you get that first initial archery kill out of the way, everything seems to line up easier, you know, because you get more comfortable. I, I feel like when I, before I shot the antelope this year, I was always so tense and nervous and like, oh, I got to get this out of my system. And now it's like I'm just embracing all of the skills that I've ever learned. And uh, yeah, I I did. I shot my first bull this weekend. Um, it was it was wild. I mean, honestly, I, I don't even want to tell the story because I think it was a way cooler perspective from the guy I was with than me telling no, it. I personally. think when you tell the story, you should start with waking up in the cabin. Because that's kind of... Well, here, here's what we're going to do. I'll tell my side of the story up until we get to the spot that we start to hike in. And then, Matt, I want you to take over. Okay. So, um, 
it's, I mean, that would have been, the, that was the first hunt that weekend. I yep. didn't even realize that. That was the, technically Matt and I left early on Friday. We ended up doing a you bunch of, you guys had a lot to do. We had now. a lot of chores to do. We actually broke down for a little bit. That kind of took some time out of the day. Um, <laughs> broke down there and on the way home. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> But we got out of those situations really you unscathed. Know, it really, yeah. Um, but we had to do Minor some setbacks. We went and picked my antelope was already uh, ready to go, so we picked that up. We did some, um, some honeydews around Harden. You guys had a nice lunch. I mean, we just went to the gas station and had burgers from the gas. Station. Oh, I thought you said you went to Cracker Barrel. Well, no, we were going to, but then we knew that would take an hour. So then instead, we spent an hour doing other shit and billing, sitting on the side of the road. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but no, I mean it was cool. I we it, the wind was blowing like forty miles an yeah, hour. Yeah, would have so been a good day. To Matt and I were wrong. No, right? it would have been phenomenal. Had we hunted, we would have been done Friday night. Oh yeah, because they were. Well, we'll get there. I'll tell Friday night too. I guess. Um. So I guess we, God, I'm I, that weekend was such a blur. I'm literally having a hard time remembering. But uh, once we got there, we drove all the way to the cabin. Uh, basically, oh, we had to go to the Harden. Yeah, we basically got there at like four thirty, five o'clock, and we sat down. I was wearing shorts and tennis shoes and a cutoff, and I, the wind was blowing. And I don't know what it was. We just had zero motivation to go hunt. So we kind of made the decision together. It's like, well, we can at least go check cameras. I mean, the wind sucks. Everything doesn't seem perfect. We got two days to hunt. Let's go check cameras. And so we got up to where well, we've got a camera that's been marinating for like 10. Uh, what do we think? 14, like 14, to, 14, to, 16 14 to 16 days. It's kind of really the best spot that we thought we were going to have all year. We just, I mean, again, the, the weekend that Matt was working made it tough to go do that. Um, the other, I mean, there hasn't been elk in that area till recently when there was water up there. Um, so we just kind of stayed away from there and we get up there, hike on it. And you can, you can tell instantly that we're, we're in the money zone. I mean, we got elk walking up the two track on the way there. We got elk mudding in different spots. We get down to this camera. We have 536. Yeah. Of just elk pictures of just elk. Over 14 days, we calculated that had to have been an average of like 30 pictures of elk a day, morning and night, every day. And so we're like, well, this kind of sucks that we haven't hunted here at all this year. And most of them are like between like 6.30 and 9 o'clock in the morning. Money, like money time. Like where if we would have set up in that canyon, probably would have called them in. And we're probably going to try that this weekend, to be honest with you. I mean, I don't know what your plans are. I'm... You know, after we foreshadowed here the fact that I have filled my elk tag, I'm on straight calling duties for this weekend. And Matt's kinda, in, I, Matt's I in the driver's seat. I kind of want to do the hole, but I kind of want to use my $300 blind. <laughs> I mean, I'm all about that too. I'm about both spots. I'm. We'll get we'll get to that in a second. But uh, so yeah, that was awesome. We saw it was basically something to tell us that the elk are there. We've been waiting to see. That's our favorite spot at the corner of the area to hunt. And we got to confirm it. And so we leave there with just the best attitude ever. We're excited. My tennis shoes and shorts was a terrible idea because I was full of sheet grass from walking into the spot. <laughs> um, so then we head back towards our blind, which is on the way back. And there's literally an elk right next to there the There's three of them. Well, we saw the one first. Yeah. And uh, 
we're like, shit, you know, we're, we're not even in a position at all to make any move on these elk. And I'm looking through the binos. I can see one through the trees and then Matt finds another one and they group up and they circle out of there and we're like, well, <laughs> this is where we got to hunt in the morning. So. And, and that's what we were talking about that night. Remember? Right. We wanted to go. Well, there was two, actually what, what really was cool was Matt showed me a canyon. Somehow I got our canyons mixed up. And I got to go back to the one where Matt and I had this amazing experience a couple of years ago where we had bulls bugling all around us. And I wanted to stay in those two places. And what we ended up... So that was kind of how we were like going back to the cabin with that thought in our brain. But like my question to you is like, from a, hunting, from a hunter's perspective, when we left that area that night, how calm, like how comfortable, like were you finally in a place where like, this is like, this feels great for once. I feel like we're going to get into them. Oh, a hundred percent. I told you that night we we're going to shoot one the next morning. Yeah. And so, I mean, I, without a doubt, cause it, our exact words is we're not coming back till a minimum of 10 o'clock. Yeah. We're not even going to hike out of there till 10. We'll get back to the cabin about noon and have lunch or breakfast. And that was our attitude when we went to the cabin that night. Right. And so I think what kind of, see, what Ramsey's getting at here is that we overslept again. Um, but it wasn't our fault. Ramsey and my father were there. They were staying with us, but hunting the other side of the river because your guys' tag is good for the other side of the river, which is about a, an hour drive uh, to get there on a ranger to get to a spot where you could hike in and hunt. And so what hindered us is we were waking up, you know, we got woke up an hour and a half before we were trying to get up because these guys had to leave. And then you already know how that goes when you lay your eyes back to sleep after you've already been woken up. Here we are waking up at like, no, here's exactly what happened. You can roll me. I, I woke up at like 530 and I was like, I'm going to like Matt doesn't take very long to get ready. So I'm just going to get my stuff. You know, I got to do my contacts and my. This and that. Let me, and let me just say done. that me and dad had already been dressed in the ranger and down the road by the time. Oh, this 100% is happening. 100%. And, uh, it was like six o'clock and I think shooting light six thirty. And I mean, we have to get hiked in, drove up to where we're going to even hike in an hour. <laughs> we had time that we needed to get there. So like six o'clock, I'm like, Hey, we're getting up. And Matt's like, no, I'm going to bed. And I was like, am I going by myself? And he's like, no, I'm coming. And so we get dressed and we're headed up. We're headed up. We're not even to the hiking spot and the sun's out. Not out, but like, you know, just it's light outside. And I guess I'm going to, we park the ranger and start to hike in and I'll let you take from here. Well, you're like, where are we going to go? And I'm like, well, we're just going to go to the tank. So we get up there. and Which is where our blind is. Yep. Because I'm like, you know, we spent 300 bucks on the blind. I really want to use this blind. And I knew we could could call that those three bulls in that morning because we kicked them off water the night before. And we're walking. I'm like, is that a cow? Like a black cow out there? And it looked black. Put my binos up and it's a bull. I hit the ground, look back at Riley and I, we're on our bellies and we're looking at this bull. and We're probably a good 80 yards from the tank, if not 100. And finally... And it was just the one bull, and it was the one I think you shot. And he kind of went behind the trees, and I yelled at right or looked over my shoulder, and I'm like, "Run!" 
So we'd run to this tank, get set up. I hit the cow call a couple times, and he puts his head up, and I hit it a couple more times, and he starts coming. So we were behind the tank. I'm like, he's coming. He's going to be here shortly. And he's probably, I don't know what you say, 800 yards from us? Yeah, probably. Well, and I, I think at first he was really hesitant. Like, there was nothing. He was super hesitant, and we had that Montana decoy with us. I'm like, Riley, put that decoy up. Well, I'm thinking he's going to, like, belly crawl out towards the pond and put it up while he puts it right next to the tank. I'm like, well, shit. So I cow call and kind of nothing. And I just went stupid with that cow call, and I hit it, like, five times hard, fast. All of a sudden, this thing puts his head up, and it's coming, and then there's a second one behind it. I'm like, shit, Riley, get ready. They're coming. They're coming. And I hit the ground, and I'm looking underneath the tank, and they're coming. And they're coming, and I keep calling, but then they're gone. I mean, they're they're gone. I'm like, fuck, they winded us because the wind's blowing right, right the wrong direction. Well, and what was crazy was like it was to a point where we thought they were so gone that like Matt was out walking around, like we were like basically like you just oh that was fun, like let's go try something else. And I kind of peeked around the one side of the water tank, and I'm I could see. I could see the tips of horns and what they had done instead of coming the path that we thought they were going to do. They went out into the, into the grass field where there was like hills and stuff. And they were coming through the grass field because I think they were trying to wind us. And so I could see horns. And when Matt would just chirp a little bit, you could see horns looking right at us. And I'm like, dude, you get back in here. Like they're, they're coming. And that's when like the Montana decoy worked at its best because sometimes when those Montana decoys are out in the open, they get spooked by him. And I think it was, per- they could barely just see, but they could make it make out that it was a cow. And that that's what worked for us. I think right there. Then no, a hundred percent because they, they came, they came across Riley. Can't see nothing. He's behind the tank. I mean, he's just, he's full. Dra- I'm like, pull back. He's full drawn. And I mean, you were drawn back for, I don't know, probably 30 to 40 seconds. Well, I was drawn back for long enough that I was like doing the, like where I was like, like kind of holding it out here to like, kind of like stretch my arm out and see what Matt's doing. And there was a couple times where, um, you know, I couldn't see what was going on. So what I would do is I just put my face on, I would like literally put my face on the tank and like peek my eye, peek my eye around. And I could just see, I could just see he was closer and closer. And I was like, Oh my God, like I can't believe this is working. And so, yeah, I'm at full draw. And I hit the cow, cow call a couple more times and, the first one came past the end of the tank, and then the second one, Riley sized them both up real quick and let the arrow fly at, I figured, about 26, 28 yards. Did you range it? No. 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 I just figured, I guessed 30, uh, just based off of- Sorry, Sean. Just, just based off of, um, honestly, I had nothing to base it off of. I just thought it looked like 30, it felt like 30, and- uh, they were they were twins. The bulls like they were exactly the same size. So I shot the front one, and they were actually kind of they weren't like walking, but they were like I mean they were walking, but it was like very like it's like they were sneaking in. So they were well, still well. Moving. They were coming in, but the bull kept he was like trying to get down or upwind of us, and he kind of started going to the right, and Riley hit him, and I I seen the arrow hit him, and I know it was a hell of a good shot. So I'm already hooping and hollering. I know it's a done deal. The bull goes about 60 yards and he's tips over done. Yeah. Well, really, I mean, from my perspective, 
I heard, I mean, I heard it hit. I knew I hit something because it, it hit hard. It, it was loud. It was thwap. And uh, so I was like, wow, I, I can't believe I hit one. And he instantly, and like I've said, I was telling Matt the other day, I was like, my favorite part about hunting with Matt is he's been doing this so long with so many different people that when he gets excited, you know that like you probably like did it right. And, uh, but when I had gotten past to where I could see, cause you know, of course they turned the other direction. I completely lose them. And I ran out and I could see one bull come back down through and then head down through the canyon and I didn't see the second one. I'm like, oh my God. So Matt, like he kind of started running. I started running and we come over the hill and the bull is just, he's dead already on the ground. I had placed, honestly, for me, as you know, as much as we talk about as much, we've all, I mean, I, I told Ramsey to think about this. Remember two months ago when I was with you guys shooting and I was so frustrated, like there was something going, I lost three arrows whatever and then you two sat me down and we we fixed my shit you know what i mean and that's the biggest thing that's why we preach like practice 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 and get your shit right before you go because when it came down to it 26 27 8, 28 yards i double lunged it and it went 50 yards and and hit the ground and that's what i i was more happy and full of relief that I made that shot than than anything, even though I've been waiting for this moment. And the best part of the whole story is that morning when we took off, he's like, you grabbing your pack? I'm like, no. Because I'm like, if I take my pack, we're not going to shoot nothing. But if I leave all the skinny knives and the gut and shit and the saws all at home, sure enough, we shoot him. We high five, chest bump, have a beer, 7, 10 in the morning. <laughs> and uh, we have to drive all the way back to camp to get all this shit so we could go back up and gut him. Well, and what was cool is like, first of all, you go over there and he's got that bubbly, frothy blood coming out because it, it was that double lung. And I had Matt, I'm like, hey, help me flip this over. And I look over and there's a perfect broadhead and he, it passed through completely. Did you find your arrow? Yep. I'll, I'll get there. Um, nope. Which was, <laughs> which was crazy. Uh, you know, like for me, I'm super happy to have a pass through on an elk. You know what I mean? And I looked all over for the arrow. I couldn't find it. Well, the next day I was like, hey, Matt, like it's my first bull. Can, do you mind if we go up there before we leave and and see if we can find my arrow? And, of course, I brought Eagle Eye with me, and he found it. So, I got a question for you, Ryan. That moment that you moved from the position you've been in the whole time at full draw to get that shot, what was going through your head? Um. Well, honestly, I've been in that situation before um, when Ramsey and I – uh, you know, I lost that bull a couple of years ago. I've been there. So I kind of like, I knew, uh, and then I shot at one a couple weeks ago. So I was like already ready for like that moment. But like, I think the moment that hit me the most was for the first time in my life with an elk. I mean, of course I, the antelope had happened, but like to hear that noise, to hear that success instead of the, like a whoosh or a crack, 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 you get what I'm saying here of a missed arrow or something like that. It was it was solid and it was like an instant. It was like I said, it was like an instant relief. It was like I've I've been I've put so much effort, so much time, so much energy, so much passion, so much you know. I've had every emotion you could ever have, from sadness to happiness to excitement, uh, to have that all come to fruition. And I I mean I knew it was going to be a day that Matt was there with me because he's been working just as hard to help me get to this point. That I knew it was going to be him and I together. Um, getting it done and and uh, it happened, man. And I still like I still 
I can't believe it happened, you know, because I'm like thinking, I'm like, oh my God, my, my elk season's over. I don't get any more. I'm very lucky to have Matt to where I can go with him and experience, you know, still elk hunt, really. You know, I mean, I'm not trying, I'm not going to have my bow trying to kill one, but at so, least I can so, experience it. So he's excited, but all honesty, I he was so almost like down. I mean, he was excited. He was super happy. And he always said, well, if I ever shoot one, I'm going to start crying. And he didn't cry or nothing. But I think he was in such shock. By the time we went, got the shit at the camp, came back up to gut him, went him in the back of the ranger. And then we done the TikTok and had the beer. And uh, I don't think he really, I don't think it really set in with with you until we really dropped that meat off at the meat locker. I don't think it's still set in, to be honest with you. Um, but no, I, that's exactly it. I mean, I just, I was in that moment and I was just like, like even to just like come up and grab elk horns and, and, to, to and the see coolest it. part about it is that whole area burned last year. So these horns are just black. Oh yeah. And, You'll never and, shoot and, one and, like and, that. And there are once in a life, I shouldn't say once in a lifetime, but, but you're gonna have to shoot another one off a of burn. Yeah. You know? And, uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I, had I shot that bull that Chase shot two weeks ago, I don't think I'd have been any more happier than I was when R Riley shot that bull. Yeah, it was. Um, and it's just I, I don't know. Like I don't want to shoot a bull. Like shooting that bull with Macy was amazing. Just because it was my daughter that called him in, but I don't know. It's like when I'm with Riley, it's like we're just elk magnets. Like. We just we flow so good together, just like you and Sean probably flow so good when you guys are hunting. Well, I think it's really good. I think we talked about this a little bit. It's like it's good to know, like you kind of know what your partner's move is going to be, and you don't have to like be like, oh god, dang it, why'd you do that? Or, um, you know, you're not like waiting, like like you're not timid, you know, waiting for that person to make some sort of move. And we did really well together the other day. Um, but it just, I, I don't know, it was it worked so well and. It was unbelievable, man. I like I said, I just uh, to get out there and like, you know, I've seen so I've I've shot in my lifetime between does and bucks. I've shot seven, fifteen, sixteen mule deer and ha a handful of antelope. But to come on, and you know, I have shot two elk. But to come up on like a real bull, like I've shot a spike before, but to, to shoot up uh, a couple years older uh, bull uh, with you know branched horns and 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 brows and just come up on like horns like that, it was. Uh, Man, it was. Um, I'll never forget it. You know, I might, I might shoot a four hundred class bull in the next twenty years. I don't know, but I, I'll never forget the first one. I'll tell you that right now. I mean, it was. Uh, and it worked out slick. There was no drag, and there was no nothing. I backed the ranger up. We tilted <laughs> the bed. We he landed in the, the middle of a field. I mean, you can't be any happier than that. He didn't. He didn't go down to the, into the trees or nothing. Didn't he just, do what Matt's bear did and go to the no. deepest starboard just. He couldn't, man. He was earth. he was completely out of air within seconds. So yeah, I mean, I don't think there's much more I can say about it more than that. I just I'm so we got back and skinned him, and then Ramsey. I don't know that. Did you already know that we shot one? Did you get a by the time you guys got back? Yeah, yeah. Well, me and Dad went back, and you guys weren't back yet. And I was like, oh, they're probably just hunting still. And there's no service at the cabin. Unless you use the booster. So dad was out messing around with Benelli, and I was like, oh, I'm going to go sit down and see where those guys are at. Cause I knew you guys are up top and there's places that have good service. So I can yeah. kind of see. And on Snapchat, 
the new update, if that person has a story instead of their little bitch mo- emoji guy, it shows, it. it shows a picture of their story. And I look at it and I'm like, and my phone still wouldn't load because the, the booster is kind of 50-50. We need to get a new one. And uh, I look at it and I thought it was you at first. And I was like, oh, that's definitely a bull. I was like, one of them shot a bull. So I tapped on it and I'm sitting there just like, all excitement, you know, because I'm like, oh, who shot this bull, you know? And finally it popped up and it was Riley and it was, I don't know, you must have taken it pretty close to when you shot the bull. The the picture? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because we had already come, we had already been down in the cabin before you guys had so been So it, it said like 45 minutes ago and I was like, oh, well, maybe they're still up there. But I kept, the entire time I'm sitting there because we didn't have the generator on or anything, so it was quiet in there. I kept thinking I could hear the ranger and I'm like, what the hell, man? Well, the meat pole is like, I don't know, as a crow fly, it's probably only 400 yards from the cabin. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. And uh, they were up there running back and forth. Or you guys must have been driving around trying to... No, we no, just we were backed just, in. And, we just backed in. So I must have heard you going to the meat pole then. Probably. And... No, thinking, you, you had to have heard us when we got ready to leave the meat pole because there's no... You, we would have met you at camp because we came by camp with that bull. I don't know. I just I heard you full throttle doing something, and then like ten minutes later, here you show up at camp, and I was like, "What the hell?" And then all of a sudden, you guys drive, and I knew at that point already that one of you had shot the bull, and then you guys drove by, and I saw the horns or whatever. But you know what would have been funny is if like Riley posted that TikTok for Bull Mountain Brothers. Oh, they sent me the video before, before they posted it. I know. No, but, it was a different video, actually. No, yeah. but, like, imagine, like, Riley posted that for Bull Mountain Brothers before his Snapchat, and the only reason you found out was because you went on TikTok and you saw Riley's <laughs> well, That's like, pretty much oh, how shit. it happened. Well, Matt's Riley like, shot a bull. <laughs> Matt, Matt's like, did you tell Ramsey? I was like, no, I'm just going to put on my Snapchat so he just comes across it and is even more, like, shocked. And, uh, and he's like, no, send him this well, video. Well, the shit thing is, is there's zero service where you guys were hunting. Yeah. Uh, if I'm closer to the feedlot, I have service, but where we were, it's it's a dead zone. And you know what the craziest thing for me is when I found out? I was just randomly scrolling through Facebook because you posted it to Facebook that night. Mm-hmm. And I was like scrolling through and I was like honestly not really paying attention and I was kind of doing this. And I remember I looked down and I was like saw Bull Mountain Brothers and there was a picture of something and I was like, kept talking to somebody and i went wait a f-. <laughs> scrolled back up and i was like i've never seen that picture before and i was like holy shit riley shot a fucking bull yeah. and then i of course texted you guys and everything but i was like holy shit yeah no i mean you're probably golfing talk about saturday morning no i was actually downtown billings Right next to where that guy just got shot. Oh, nice. Yeah. Wonderful. That was 25 yards. I, I would say uh, as far as like emotions go and like the, I, I just, I'll never, I don't know if I'll ever feel all that, all that crazy oh, you'll shock. Feel it again. And, I mean, yeah. And I, I get that. But like just the first time was just something that there, I've never done anything for 10 years and had it, you know, finally work out after 10 years. You know what I mean? I, I wasn't the age, you know, we're never the age where we can truly appreciate what's going on when you shoot your first but, deer. Well, the crazy thing is, is that week. You and I hauled corn, Ramsey. Yeah. And Chumley went and rode around with me and kind of fucked off all day. And uh, it's just something like 
even when you went out without Sean that weekend, me and Riley really talked about that. And it's just not the same. Like if you would have shot like that 400 inch bull by yourself, it's not the same as having your good friend with you or your father, your daughter, a son, just having that extra person there to relay the story a little bit different. It just makes all the Or experience it with. I know. It's like you, uh, you go, I've actually, it's funny that you say that because I've talked to my brother-in-law about this because majority of all the bulls that he shot in his life has been by himself. And he goes, I've caught myself actually, like on the first one, he sh- would shoot and he finally came up to the animal when it was, it was dead. And it was almost like you turned to high five somebody. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I get Nobody's to do here. all this by myself. Well, yeah. when I shot that, that triple beam deer that's inside the, mm-hmm. that the pitchfork little, deer no the little one that's up against the wall when you go into the dining room oh okay that has the main double main yeah, beam yeah. i shot him and it was like 480 yards and i shot with a 220 swift hit him he went over backwards and his horns just stuck right in the dirt i get down there and i'm hooping and hollering and i'm just i mean i'm so goddamn excited i'm hanging my shirt up and my coat on different trees because i knew it would be dark by the time i had to come back in with the pickup to get him something on the back of my neck was just standing up like something's not right and we have mountain lion around there i'm like am i fucking being followed look up on the hill and all i see is four orange vests it's dave and three clients and dave's like i had to leave you were fucking being weird as hell like i figured you were gonna get naked down there i don't know what the <laughs> hell you were doing and but to tell that story, it's hard to tell because people are like, you shot that at almost 500 yards with a 220 Swift, you know, a unbelievable shot with a, a flat shooting gun in the first place. But not having anyone there to high five, it sucked. You know, I got yeah. back to camp and the clients were pissed. Well, we would have shot that one. I'm like, you fuckers missed like seven deer the three days I hunted you guys before Dave took you over. So you know not not my fault you can't hit a goddamn thing i had no idea you shot that deer yeah yeah i uh the camaraderie that was there i mean it was just i, I don't know i'll always remember I'll, I'll always have that picture of that bull walking out man and whap and that's all i can remember i, I don't even remember pulling the trigger like realistically i do not remember pulling the trigger no it's i've talked about that before with my my mule deer i can tell you everything that happened for the half an hour up to that, and I can tell you everything that happened the half an hour after that. Yeah. But I couldn't tell you that 30 seconds. I've been the same way. That for The first mule there I ever shot, that was the same way. I, I can remember like exactly what you just said. I can remember everything leading up to it. But that split, I don't know how long it was, a minute, two minutes after shooting it. I, you can't. It's just crazy. All I remember is that I missed the first shot. <laughs> well, the, yeah. the the crazy thing is, is it's like, I don't know if it's just intuition or what, but I knew Friday night we were shooting Saturday. Do you know what's crazy? And and I got this feeling right now, I know I'm shooting Friday. Like, I already know I'm killing something on Friday. What it is, I have no clue, but... And, and it's not even cockiness, I mean... No, just no, I just... Confidence and... I blacked out when I shot that turkey. Seriously. <laughs> I'm not. You even had joking. to have because I've never seen you shoot Dude, a shotgun cool that, that good. I forget that. <laughs> that I forget that Matt, Matt was there for your first turkey too. That was pretty cool. I swear I'm not joking you. 
I don't remember any any. What did I shoot? Bull twice? Mountain Brothers is going to have a hell of a time finding turkey next year, though. Oh, don't even say <laughs> that fucking animal's name in front of me for at least another week. Um, but let me let me before you get to the turkeys. Let me. Uh, We're gonna hear them on Saturday. We always do. Uh, God, you guys ruined my train of thought, man. Oh yeah, I was gonna say this must have been I was nice. literally Snapchatting people like because Matt was like he's he's freaking tired and down the dumps. I was making him play like what were we listening to, like hard rock on the Ranger on the way up. I'm like get freaking move like I'm like yeah, we're no, gonna do this. A, he gets depressed. And in the I mornings. was Snapchatting people and I was just like, dude, I I said I'm gonna kill a bull this morning and it freaking happened, dude. You know what's funny crazy. is I think Ramsey thought I was in that same mood the last weekend that him and I went. Because he's like sitting there and we're driving out with the Ranger on the truck cruising on the dirt road going out there and <laughs> he's like sitting there and you know he he's got his own tunes that he always plays when he's driving and then he like turns and looks at me and he's smiling and i'm like i'm like looking at him like what and i look down at his thing and it's like because he knows i like acdc and so he just puts that on and it wasn't the fact that i was down in the dumps i think i had i took about 1200 milligrams of caffeine and mountain ops <laughs> that morning <laughs> And it was like pure focus, and I think I had too much energy to actually. See, and I, I don't think mine's socialize. ever on the dumps. It's just that morning I was tired. I had a long week, and I knew I had a fucking big job in front of me. <laughs> I, I just, I, and maybe it's just years of guiding so much that you just. That was just, easy though. Oh yeah. That, so that, did when you guys got back. To, so obviously you had it gutted, and it wasn't quartered quite yet, right? No, we hung it whole. We we loaded the whole thing right. whole. They just split it. So you split it, but the, I mean, at what point did you guys finally meet up with those two? When after we, it was after all we were done. Then. When we came back from, uh, we skinned it and then cut it right down the middle and then let it hang. And we ran into them and then. Uh, Would you guys all go back up to? No, we went and had uh, some gravy. Yep. Yeah, we were eating breakfast by. 10 o'clock. 10, 11, 10 30. 30, we were done. And then they went and hunted that night, and Matt and I went and. Uh, God, what did we, we do? We kind of just fucked off. No, we went and hunted, but I can't remember what we did. Well, we, we told to, you guys. We, we that went they... up to my honey hole, and then we found that new road that Harry told yeah. you guys that he put in. <laughs> oh, yeah. We hunted the timber. I was actually, I was having tons of fun up there, man. I was wanted a bull to come in so bad because we were in like, we were in the thickest shit. Like, we were in elk, elk, elk area. You know, like, just... we're. I'm not trying to interrupt you, but you don't understand thick of shit. I want you to walk through that walk that we me already and Dad did. We, we already been we there. We already did, right? But I want you to take the route that me and Dad well, took. Well, well, but we told you that you were going to have a bitch of a time in the dark with never being there. We told you that before you guys went in there. But everywhere we walked, it was, I mean, it was shooting that, line. That, that's because okay. you didn't have the expert with you. See, when the expert leaves. There was no elk there. <laughs> Don't hijack me real quick. I'm trying to tell something. God, I wish I had a fucking 590 tag because I'd pop one on fucking Friday just to prove to you that. Yeah, because they'd probably be there Friday. Anyways, we were in the timber big time. We were in like elk country and we were calling and calling and I was getting, you know, Matt lets me get a little nasty with it after 15 minutes of him calling. And I was back there kind of like we were just ripping bugles and slamming trees and stuff with branches and. Uh, nothing. And I hiked down a little ways, found my first shed of the year, which was actually just a broken horn from a, from a shed. <laughs> so, uh, that was fun. Did you know that, did you know that that night after I left this out, when I was scrolling through Facebook and found out because, you know, somebody didn't text me. Or 
or anything. That's everything that's on this morning. But I called you probably at least 13 times. And I called you probably four times. Yeah, I can show you right now that. It went to voicemail every single time on on both of you. Both of you guys. Well, that, the service was bad. I know. I knew it because that's what that was the thing. I got like, three phone calls call on me? Saturday. I called you twice. I literally called all you guys, and I thought about calling Warren, too, because I... You should have sent me a text. Well, that was the thing, is because I texted Riley, and him and I were texting a little bit, but the thing was, is I was like, well, I know the chance of Riley being on the booster right now at this very moment is probably you know what's slim, crazy? and I went, I guarantee... Call Matt. Ram- no, I said, I guarantee Ramsey's on it. So I called Ramsey, and the first <laughs> one rang, and then nothing. Yeah, I didn't get a single... I don't even think I got you on Sunday. Um, I, actually, I for some reason get service without the booster at the cabin now. It's wild. Um, but no, we uh, we were just doing stuff, I, man. I, no, I figured because I was like, well, I can't call him because I mean, obviously, well, I've, then, I've been there. I know what it. Sometimes the service is there. Sometimes it's not. We had to wait for Ramsey and 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 Dad to get done hunting because we were going to go eat at the restaurant, and so we had another happening an instance happened while we were down there waiting for that and so uh did you uh, doing that how many camp drinks were slinging around that night huh? not, much. not much no we were tired there so oh but it gets better so i gotta tell this story because i gotta put it out there so we go and eat dinner ramsey's been was being a bitch all fucking weekend <laughs> i mean just a complete <laughs> fucking bitch went drank oh i just don't feel like it like a little fucking just a little bitch (laughs) see what happens when i don't give in the fucking peer pressure and uh so we go and eat dinner and we get back to the ranch and we hop in the two rangers hey i had more to drink for dinner than you did yeah but you ate three fucking mils no anyways ate one and a half and we're hauling ass to camp and we go through the green gate, and I'm like, okay, we're going to fucking get behind them. So we go and hide in this camp, coolie. Oh, the, the old Matt, Matt move. And fucking the ranger comes by me, and I'm trying to get behind him, but I can't turn my lights on. because Actually, I'm going to interrupt you. It was my idea because Matt was super pissed off on the drive home, so I was trying to get him what in a good mood. What were you moon. pissed about? It's a long story. We'll talk about it off camera, but okay, he was super pissed. Oh, yeah, that's right. So I was trying all I could to get him in a good mood so he would hunt the next so, morning. So, uh, so I needed to be there so you guys could kick me out and leave me in the middle of the so fucking nowhere. Ra- <laughs> <laughs> so we get behind Ramsey. I mean, he's kind of tooting, but he's moving pretty good. But I'm I'm having a hard time. Like I can't see the fucking road because I can't. The backup lights on the Ranger were on. All of a sudden the Ranger stops, so I hurry up and I stop and I fucking kill the switch. And Warren gets out and he's taking a shit behind the Ranger. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, what the fuck are they doing? We put our binoculars up and here's Warren squatting. I'm like, oh my god, is he seriously taking shit? Yep, yep, he sure is. So he gets done. They hop back in while Ramsey don't turn the backup lights on. So I'm I'm like seriously like it was terrifying. He like, was going like, about forty miles an hour in the dark. Yeah. Trying to stay behind him because all I got is just them fucking red lights in the back. And we get up on top where you can take that turkey. Where we bridge. met Dave when we Yeah, yeah. Where you go left. Yeah. Well, Ramsey's don't know exactly if that's the right road, and I know you didn't, because he kind of slowed down and he starts going right. You're well, hesitating. You were hesitating big time. Oh, I didn't want to miss it. He does. It. Every time I've been so, with him, so, he has, though. So I come fucking flying by him. 
my lights are off, I come right beside him and throw everything on and fucking just zoom by him. And we get to the bottom of the hill and I was going to have a good laugh about it. He's all fucking pissed off. He's like, what? He just takes off and keeps going to fucking camp. It was great. You never caught me going back to camp, though. I was no, we didn't even ass. try. I followed you for... And it, it's funny that you guys did that because I... The entire time, because you guys were so far ahead of us when we were closing the gates or whatnot, I told that. I was like, watch Matt's going to try to pull some shit. That, I'd straight up told him that. That that lets you know, though, like, you never know who's watching. You oh, my know. God. It, it, it was kind of half-ass freaky, yeah. to be honest with you. I feel like I mean, spy. I'm laughing. I mean, I'm laughing in the fucking Ranger and how Warren... He the doesn't. Only, the only thing it could be is because he was squatting right by the exhaust pipe <laughs> on the Ranger, and I'm guessing it was still running. Yeah. That's why I didn't hear us laughing our asses. Matt wouldn't let me fuck guys. with you guys, though. I was going to crawl down through the trees and like make bear noises and stuff at you, but he wouldn't let me. I had the radio on full blast. I'd never heard Oh, it was. Me. Dad would have heard me. Well, because he, he wanted to do that. I'm like, you should just sneak down there then and grab him by the leg. <laughs> I, uh, I will tell you that he doesn't listen to the podcast. Probably never mentioned that to him. No. <laughs> he actually, I was playing last week's podcast over the thing, and you guys were talking shit about stealing his gloves and him falling asleep, and he got really mad. He didn't get really mad. He's like, oh. You guys talking shit about I'm the me. laughing stock of Bull Mountain Brothers. No. That was funnier than shit, though, because he had no <laughs> idea. Funny. <laughs> he had, he's literally, I'm not kidding. This guy is like picking shit up leaves and sticks and he's well, like well, well the other thing asshole. when when ramsey took off i had to keep turning my headlights on because i mean he was like fucking hauling ass and he's driving like lot, you <laughs> and that says a lot for a guy that fucking <laughs> likes to drive as fast as he can out there but i'm turning my lights off and on off and on i'm like there's no way you don't fucking see me behind him i mean i'm like blowing the whole back of the ranger up but it just tells you when you're talking a bullshit and that you're not really paying. Well, attention. and the thing that the only reason I think that you, I didn't see you is you had your side. I didn't on. turn the fucking rear lights back on after he, yeah, because he told me to turn them off. Like when you need to turn them off, I'm not. You know, fucking look you know what was there. pretty funny about when Riley and I went out to Narnia together was like, first of all, Riley is not exaggerating when he said, "I don't think I've seen more closed gates in my entire life." Because we literally went through, what, four gates to even get it? There's Five twice gates. as many gates to open on a section of property that's a seventh. No, we opened, we opened four gates in like a quarter mile. Yeah, and we're like, I'm, Riley like opens the windshield and goes, like, this is a quote from, from Riley Rushkey. This is how the real elk hunters do it, bitch. And he's leaning out the window with his flashlight on his phone on with the headlights off going. And I'm like, okay, this isn't safe. Like Riley's literally like leaned out, not even look. And I'm like, all right, just turn your phone off. So I put mine out and my light was like out and we could see a little bit. And I was like, God, we just can't really see the edge of the road. So I'm literally leaned out over the hood holding my my phone out like this. And he's cruising around. And it was, I mean, that was probably for three of the four gates we were just cruising well yeah he's like oh are we gonna bust stuff going through the field i said no we're going to stealth mode see and i was thinking about that and an addition that i can make to our lights is i think i should get two of the red pods to put on the front of the rangers so well i mean jesus we can hike into places we don't need to give you that well, well, well we can do that since two of my fucking pods already burnt out They're are they both back ones yep i use scotch locks on them i doesn't I doubt they're burned out. I'm sure they're just 
They came undone, I guarantee it. Um, but anyways. Easy fix. We're already at an hour 40, boys. Um, I think that we wrap it up with good, high hopes. We have. I think this is a big weekend. This is the last, I think, good weekend of rut for you guys. The, the only advantage you guys have after this weekend is you got Riley because I'm done. This is my last weekend at the ranch. He can take some weekends off if he wants to. Um, I, I, I probably will go with you guys, but um, I have a lot of stuff we need to do for the company, uh, website stuff and stuff that I wouldn't mind doing at home. Find podcasts, bit. post some shit like that. Yeah, <laughs> we um, gotta we gotta might, get on our videos too, Sean. But uh, yeah, I I don't know. I I would love to go out with you guys. I'm I, I love hunting, so I, if I can't shoot nothing, I still like to come. I, I, we'll see what happens, and um, I'll talk to the landowner see if I can get you. Out <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'll. Uh, I'd even like to go with you guys to watch you shoot some antelope. That'd be kind of cool. And video maybe. Dad has a tag for that. So. I'd like the video. Well, anyways, I guess we'll wrap it up with. Um, yeah, I think we're we're at a high place right now, and we, let's keep riding it. I I'd love to see one of you guys get into a bowl this weekend, and and I think we can get Matt. Matt <laughs> and anyone done. listening, keep your head down if you haven't tagged out yet, and. And put in the boots on the ground, you'll get one. Yep. So, uh, as always, check out the BNB store at bullmountainbrothers.com. We do have new merch. It Phenomenal will be, merch. It will be on the store very soon. We're trying to get some models picture taken. We still got to get half the order still. Um, so. Yeah, we're, our hats haven't come in yet, but we have the shirts. They're pretty awesome. There's some really good hunting theme ones, and one that's just, uh, we just changed color on a dry fit, but uh, the hats will be really awesome. Excited for yeah. that. and. Uh, like I said, they'll be, like I said, if I can get our models to get down here tonight and take pictures and, and the ones in here, we should have them on the website by this weekend and, uh, which is awesome. So let's get, uh, get on there and check that out. Um, you guys have anything else? I'm good. No, I think that's about it. Sean was thinking he was going to get, uh, awesome. Let's, let's keep, let's keep this, this forward momentum guys. And hopefully we got some more stories for next week. Uh, as always, we will catch you on the next one. See ya. Later. Thanks for listening to another episode of Bull Mountain Brothers. Hey, if you're looking for more Bull Mountain Brothers, be sure to follow us on TikTok and Instagram at bull underscore mountain underscore brothers and Facebook and YouTube at Bull Mountain Brothers. Also, don't forget to check out our B&B store at bullmountainbrothers.com where you can find some super sweet deals on some seasonal merchandise and outdoor gear.